It's time for Team's Top 3. Ha-ha, Tiny Timmy! It's time for Tim's Top 3, Producer Cast Takeover Edition. Today, I'm doing something very interesting because Mr. Bradley Jackson, our guest host, informed me, and I had to look it up to believe it for myself, 85% of the young people that came to the Turning Point USA conference that happened, I guess, last weekend, 85% in their straw poll voted for Donald Trump to be the next president, which I was very surprised about because I thought a lot of young people were starting to gravitate away from Trump and more into the DeSantis camp, but I am proven wrong again. I, uh, I'm i wrong often, so there you go. Two times one day. Two times one day. Number two. So on the Trump train, we're going to talk about how Trump says he's still undecided if he'll participate at all. In the first Republican debate, that would be very interesting if the top front runner of the entire race was not there for the big debate. I hope he is because I think it'd make it extremely interesting, especially to have Trump and DeSantis talking to each other and even more so if Mike Pence was there. And I say if because that leads me to the number three. Apparently, Mike Pence may not even qualify to be at the first Republican debate because there's the certain list of qualifications that the RNC puts out. And he does not meet them. You have to have 40,000 individual donors. He doesn't have that yet. You also have to have a certain amount of fundraising in a quarter. He doesn't have that yet either. So he may not even have enough chutzpah to to, uh, qualify to be at this debate, which I think would be very interesting. I hope he is because I think having him, Trump, DeSantis all on the same debate stage would be fascinating, absolutely fascinating to watch. Must-see TV, grab your popcorn and your soda. That's Tim's Top 3 Producer Cast Takeover Edition. Back to the boys. Ohio Silver! You know, that would be a really interesting to watch the uncomfortableness on the stage with Mike Pence and Donald Trump up there. That would be a pretty awkward moment, but I I would like to watch that. I I think it'd be extremely interesting. You know, it's kind of crazy. You you were talking about he hasn't raised enough money, and that's what part of that article that I was talking about with Vivek Ramaswamy, who's given back 10% of anything that you can bring into his campaign, uh, you're having to get some uniqueness going out there to to hit these these minimums to to be part of that debate but i believe he's pulling third which i don't think anybody saw coming vivek ramaswamy who entered the race as the obvious outsider who is vivek ramaswamy and he has done such an amazing job at marketing himself that he's third in the polls it's trump desantis ramaswamy which is really interesting yeah i mean you just never know you know and i'm worried about i'm a trump guy i I, I like donald trump's policies i've been in business for quite a few years uh with my own personal business and and you know three really three of the the best years in my business were the last three years of trump you know it took a little bit of while to get things going um you know with the change of leadership but um the policies were great. America first. Let's invest back in our, our in our own country first and foremost. Right. Take care of our people first and foremost. And uh, shame on shame families on and and businesses were doing great. I th- I think so. You know, um, COVID was a horrible thing. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of debates on the uh, uh, conspiracy theorists saying it was all part of a, a plan to take Trump down. But you know, things happen. I, I tell you what, and I, I I'm. <clears throat> I'm big in documentaries. I love watching documentaries, and I was watching one yesterday, and it was 
it was kind of tough to watch because it was a very much a left-sided view of uh, January 6th, but right. it was called the Capitol Riots Minute by Minute. I don't know if you guys have seen that or not, that but it's it's very much left-leaning, and, and it's kind of hard to watch it, but it, it's, it, and it's sad that people, you know, tore up the Capitol building a little bit, you know, breaking in and stuff, but even watching that footage doesn't nearly um, show what the left is trying to say, you know, happened right. there that day. You mean let in, not break in? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I thought it was interesting as I was watching uh, there was one officer that ran up the uh, the stairwell uh, almost as he was leading them to where he wanted them to be, um, run up the stairwell, wave his baton at him, run down the hallway, wave his baton at him, and, and they just kept following The proverbial him. carrot? Yeah, it, it made you kind of wonder. So, you know, I'm not a huge conspiracy theorist. Sometimes I think some of that stuff is uh, is uh, products of people's imagination. But as, yep. I, as I watch that, I don't think... That it would, it definitely doesn't qualify as the darkest day in American history, and the left is trying to say that that's the Saying darkest. It's worse day. than Civil War. The wor- worse than the Civil War. It's worse, worse than, than Pearl Harbor. Uh, yeah, worse yeah. Nine Eleven. It, it's hard to hard to imagine, you know. Wow. But um, but anyway, you know, the, these these things happen. I I question the legitimacy of. Uh, uh, some of the theories that the left have thrown mm-hmm. out there, but if you ever get a chance to watch it, it it'll get you your blood pressure up a little bit because you know it's all these right wing extremists. And we're terrible. We're we're right wing extremists because we Say believe that again. in right wing okay. extremists. <laughs> I had to slow down a little right bit. Wing. That would be me. I am a right wing extremist. <laughs> uh, well, you know, if right wing extremist equals, you know, family, God country all right i guess i'm one yep label me that's okay and i I go to church and i go to church yeah that's a big one yeah if you go to church then you're definitely in that category why would you go to church jamie it's too conservative it's it's your (laughs) i'm I'm brainwashed you want to found gilead don't you oh my god how terrible am i (laughs) crazy stuff so so you know check out a documentary or two watch some of this stuff it'll help it'll help put your 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 mind at ease you know when you think about are we wrong are we wrong the way we think is 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 conservative absolutely not because the uh the other side of the fence is they're loony they're absolutely loony tunes loony doesn't quite cut it i'm trying to be politically correct jamie loony tune this is right wing radio Well, sometimes, sometimes you still got to be a little bit. You know, I try to be kind and polite and nice and racist, and racist, racist, racist. <laughs> Boy, she, was re- she was ready to go with she that. Was re- I try to be nice and kind and polite with everybody that I possibly can, and and then it comes to a point where you know you just have to you have to take that off, you know, because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, right? I, oh, I, I'm yes. a, I'm a Christian man. I'm a I'm a God fearing man. I'm uh, love thy neighbor, you know, kind of thing. And so I try to treat everybody with respect. Everybody deserves the truth. Sometimes when I tell the truth, I hurt people's feelings, you know, and, you know, and I think that's their, their own fault, you know, because all I'm doing is telling the truth. You know, sometimes truth has to be heard. It, it, you know, it's the tough love thing. You know, I like you enough that I'm going to tell you what's really going on. Yeah. Now, does that have to mean you call them names? No, no. I've, I can't count how many times I've been called a bigot all the, this whole week. 
and misogyny. This week? This week. Oh, just this Twitter. week. How well, many times? It's social media. You social know. media. Social media is just the worst place to go. Yeah. It's a vile, decrepit place. It, 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 it's sad. It, you but know, you learn a lot. <laughs> yeah, Boy, you learn a lot. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth learning or not, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess you could learn a lot on social media and and uh, tell you who you are and what you are and what you're doing wrong. And apparently, they know me better than I know myself by people that you probably have no idea who they are or where they're from. Not even from near here. Not even you can from tell near by here. the way they talk <laughs> on social media. On social media, you can tell by the way they talk on social media. <laughs> you ain't from around here. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that sounds good. Well, don't take it don't take it too too much to heart. You know that people are bashing you on social media. Usually, if somebody's bashing you, calling you names or, or, or whatever, you're probably doing something right. I still sleep well at night. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, I hear some music in the background. That must mean Cass is ready to throw us off. Time to pay the bills. You're listening to 93.3 FM, KWTO. Goodness gracious. Well, I tell you what, these the, the storms, it just, it just seems like our weather is so extreme now. It's from one extreme to the other extreme, back to a different extreme. Like, yeah. well, you've been living well, in Missouri for very long. <laughs> I've been living here my, almost my entire life. Okay, so I, I missed a little bit of time when I was in the army, and I was stationed in in Fort Ord, California, Monterey. Beautiful place. Weather is very tame and calm, and and you know, seventy five to eighty during the day. Drops down in the high fifties at night. Rains one or two days out of the month. Little sprinkling rain. Yeah, I come back here. You know, and it's it, we have these extremes, but it seems like it's even more extreme than when we were kids. You know, we used to. Have I these, agree. I, my to, wife and I were talking about that. We used to have four seasons. Yeah, and now we have like two. Two. You're absolutely right. And, and she and says the same thing. Go right out of out of winter, which is yeah. we don't even have the same winters anymore. Remember when we used to get, you know, two or three foot of snow, and you could stay home for yep. a couple you of days. You don't get very many of those anymore. Not, do not you? very often. No. Sludgy ice. It's just annoying for weeks on Oh, yeah. I do remember uh, many times at my grandparents' farm, we would have like four-foot snow drifts and things like that. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw a snow drift in the state of Missouri. Yeah. We used to climb up on the barn, jump into the drifts, you Uh know, and tunnel down the ditch, you know, as far as we could tunnel. The little tunnel rats are going down the the county road, you know, but we don't get much of that anymore, if ever. But it stays really just like bitter cold. And then boom, it's it's right into summer. Well, another yep. thing that's changed too is when we were younger, it seems like it took a lot to cancel school. I yeah. mean, we had to be under one of those drifts that you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. But I think you know, with so many, I mean, with, with so many issues uh, involving legalities and things like that, and making sure that kids stay safe, bus drivers and so forth, uh, it really doesn't take much. I remember we had uh, ice and sleet on the ground and not even an inch of snow last winter and i think springfield public schools missed four days along with a number of other districts mm-hmm. uh, around the springfield metro area so it doesn't necessarily take those 10 foot snows anymore no to, that's uh, true that's true know, and, and, and safety is a huge thing and, and they can call off school now and still teach i mean most sure. of, most of the school districts have have virtual learning have set virtual up. learning yeah. set up so yeah. they can they can call off school and, and still uh they can still get their day in. They can still get their day in. Yeah. Still get accounted. And then, you know, uh, I hate to pick on schools, but I kind of worry sometimes that it's more about rear ends in seats. You know, we got to have the kids in the school and they need to be uh, in the seat so we can get reimbursement back from the state. And it's all about money, yeah. money, 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 money. And um, 
Of course, that's what makes the world turn around. I guess is money. But, right. Uh, and back in the day, you know, I'm, you know, growing up in Ozark, you know, our the majority of our students were out in the county. You know, right. and that's where they didn't clear the streets and the roads. Right. So, yeah. yeah, you're sure. right. Yeah. It is. It is amazing. They they cancel more now than they did back then. Yeah. Safety's paramount, though. We don't want any anybody to get hurt or injured or have a bus slip off the side of the road exactly. or be in an accident. That's and a tough decision I, for a superintendent I, to make. And I don't really think that it was when we were growing up that it was that they didn't con- that they weren't concerned about safety, but but a lot's changed as far as how many people are bused to school now, you know, versus mm-hmm. back in the day. And I think that there's been a lot change over the years that have caused us to be more cautious. I agree. I think we're tougher. Us old people were just tougher. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Well, you just, know, with this discussion, tougher. though, I have to put a shout out to the fine folks out there at the Ozark School Bus Barn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've got some of the some of the finest running our. I know on our local school buses, we've got, of course, uh, Brett. Brett Adams, one of my great friends. We got Clyde, and I guess we have to mention Dean as well. Yeah, you might, yeah, you probably should. Might well. and, and Willard has a great guy too. They got Randy Taylor. Randy Taylor, over Randy there. Taylor, good, yes. good conservative man. You know, it's it's those people that that are often forgotten in the public school system yes. that make things happen. All those custodians, all of those those real true blue-collar guys and gals. You got your custodians, are, you got your cook staff, you got your yeah, bus drivers, your maintenance, you your maintenance people. people. Uh, they, they do a great yeah, job. You're right, they really are unsung heroes. So. Yeah, they are. So a special shout-out to those folks a this morning on Wake Up Springfield. Oh, Wake Up Springfield. <laughs> hey, we're we're here talking a little bit of everything. We're waiting for the phone to ring. We, we put a call out to try 11. to get people to... Callers to tie. Eleven callers to tie. Twelve to, Twelve to win, and we haven't gotten one yet. Unless we can we count Dan, the weather guy. Unfortunately, like the three year old, maybe. <laughs> hey, who has kids? <laughs> I've got I've got three of them, but they don't understand that six twenty eight happens more than once a day. You know, yeah. so they only see the PM side of that. They only so see the PM side. Yeah. And what my you... four children are not even thinking about waking up right now. <laughs> It's, no, it's a crazy day. I do have one that followed me in this morning. Oh, yeah? He works just down the road here. Uh, he he was right behind me at the exit this morning. Oh, good. On his way to work. Well, good for him. All right. But he's working. Is, is he making donuts or milking cows? He's on computers. Ah. Yeah. Uh, he has to make sure they're running before everyone else gets to work. There you go. That's Very a big good. thing. That's there a big thing. Well, we're talking nonsense here this morning, talking about Jamie's kids and his work schedule, but uh, it, it matters. you got to have the computers up and running so you yeah, can get the job them. done. It takes, it takes everybody. It takes a village. Hey, this is Bradley Jackson with Jamie Gregg. We are talking everything, and I mean everything, here on AM560 and 93.3 FM, KWTO. Well, you, you can, can do, do anything, anything with the old shoe. Look at that. Going back in time. Blue suede shoes. There you go. Recorded in Memphis, Tennessee. But it wasn't really his song at first. I actually like this song a lot, and I knew this song well because back in college one summer, I um, worked a bunch of jobs to make as much money as I could for my little summer break in college, and one of those jobs was working in an old-fashioned ice cream parlor, like a 1950s ice cream parlor in Branson. That had to be fun. It was so fun, and I learned a lot of classic music like that, and it was so, so, so cool because everything was red-striped, and I got a cute little outfit, and it was fun. A lot of fun. And that that was good music. It was. You know, it was just really good music. Talented the whole, singers. The singers were talented yeah. back then. Well, you think about you think about <clears throat> like I, I'm I'm a I'm a historic kind of guy. Mm-hmm. I like the I like to look at the historic things. I I think it's because I'm getting old, er. But uh, the 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 Memphis music scene in the fifties. You know, when you think about Blue Suede Shoes was originally uh, released by Carl Perkins, right. and then 
covered by Elvis, right. and Elvis made it huge. But you had Carl Perkins and and Jerry Lee Lewis, you know, banging on the piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Cash got a start there. Um, Ike Turner was was in uh, Ike Turner. Yeah, I did not know that he one. was at Sun Records. You know, okay. uh, Elvis obviously. You obviously. know, Johnny Cash got a start there. Uh-huh. All at Sun Records in Memphis, Tennessee. It's amazing. Now, Ike Turner was Ike Turner was 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 big before he went there, or or was climbing, you know, before right. he was in in uh, Sun Records. But uh, did not know that one. Yeah. Okay. It's a. It's. A, I tell you what. If you ever go to Memphis, and a lot of people are scared of Memphis, I'm I'm personally not. There's a, there's areas that are good to be in, and areas that are not good to be in. But that could be said about Springfield or St. Louis, Kansas City. Anywhere's got areas that are good and areas right. that are bad. But if you ever go to memphis and and want to spend some good time go to sun records go to stacks go to they got a great zoo in memphis Tennessee. they do have a good zoo graceland go to graceland and check now graceland's a little bit different now if you guys have been there before um originally uh the mansion tour started across the street and they had built a, a an area with shops and 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 places to eat and uh there was a uh, the Elvis radio station was across the street and uh, they got new investors. You know, the family uh, sold out some of the rights to, to things mm-hmm. Elvis related and they, they built a new complex and it's just lost a lot of its charm and appeal. Uh, they tore down the old heartbreak hotel that was across the street oh, no. and um, but they built the, the guest house, which is just down the street a little bit. And, okay. and it's really it's really neat. So it's a great place to go visit. Check out some of that history and stuff if you're into music. You know, um, I always thought the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ought to be in Memphis, Tennessee, instead of Cleveland, Ohio, because, you know, Elvis. Of course. But then there's a lot of people that say that Elvis did not create rock and roll. He just. Uh, he just made it big. He's he just the king it of it. He made it big. He's the king of rock. He you is. Can't, yep. can't dispute it. And so. Memphis has a really interesting Bass Pro Shop. They do. Let's in the old, back to Springfield. In the old pyramid. The pyramid yeah. yeah, the old yeah. pyramid. They spent a lot of time and money uh, refurbishing that to make it a Bass Pro Shop. The seventh largest pyramid in the world. <laughs> Is the it really? Seventh yeah. largest? Well, you learn Six, something new every day. Mm. But, you know, it's, it's great. So if you go down there by the pyramid, another fun thing to do in Memphis, and I don't work for the Memphis Tourist and Visitors Bureau or anything, but I, I like going down there. There's so much different things that you can do. Go to Mud Island. So in in Mud yes. Island, you can you can ride the the the, uh, the little tram car over mm-hmm. the cable car, whatever you call it, um, and go over to Mud Island, and you can basically walk the Mississippi River. It's a scale model <laughs> of the Mississippi River from all its tributary, tributaries leading into the Mississippi all the way to the Gulf of Mexico, and it shows you all the major cities along the river. It shows you the topography around the river and how deep the river is. And it's just a fun little thing to do. Now, is that the little island that's like right next to the convention center? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I, uh, as as seen in uh, Tom Cruise's movie, um, oh, where he was a lawyer. I, I just lost it. Anyway, it's a John Grisham novel, but yes, Mud Island. Mud Island, okay, It's very cool. They also have a museum over there, Riverboat uh, Museum, okay, uh, that you can check out old riverboats and stuff like that. So, a fun thing to do. Fun the firm, do. the firm. Thank the you, firm. Don. Yes, the firm. Yes, Tom Cruise movie. Back in the good old days, but yes, uh, John Grisham. If you like books, John Grisham, a Southern writer, a lot of great books. Lot Those of great are the books that are at the checkout aisle at Walmart. What's that? You know, like the books, the paperbacks that yeah. are going through a checkout aisle at Walmart or somewhere, and there's just a stack of paperback books. that. If you find one there, grab it. They're good books. Yeah. 
John Grisham is John a good Grisham. Writer? He's a great. He's a he. Everything's all legal based, you know. So all of his. Uh, I bet he's one of those writers that pumps out so many books that he's not writing all of it. He has ghost writers. Mm, I can't I believe know. that. I put money down on that. I one. can't believe. That. I, I I just say buy buy a good book. That's right. <laughs> Any kind of book. I just read a book. I get read the, a lot. Get I'm, that paper in your hand and read a book. Don't read I'm a computer. I'm not normal screen. for my generation. I actually do. Ha- I read a lot of books. Yeah. I think. You now, know, I, think, I was always a reader. Yeah, you're you're a lot like my oldest daughter. She she's always reading. The girl, if she's read a book, she's kept the book. Yes, I've read and, The Hunger Games at least nine to ten times yeah, in my yeah. life. Yeah. How about Nicholas Sparks? I'm not a no. I'm you not like a rom com novel person. I'm like a dystopian type of you know the Hunger Games type of novel okay, situation. Okay. Okay. You don't like a good romantic book? No. You just no. went for the movie? Yeah. Okay. Nicholas Sparks books are always better in the movie form anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you what, I, I, I've got three daughters and my wife. I know all of the romantic movies. I am, you know, uh, they get to choose. Are you a what, Hallmark? No, I hate Hallmark TV movies. Guy. They're all the same. Yeah. They're all the They're same. They're all the same. It, it's just, you know, my mother, my mother, God bless her, she loves the Hallmark channel. <laughs> and not just watching the Hallmark channel, but she's got the volume on 85. <laughs> You can hear it outside. It's so loud. Well, you know, you want to know what's Hallmark. going on no matter where you are in the house. Yeah. I told her, I said, you've already watched this one. No, this one's a brand new one. No, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's a couple, di- couple different actors and, and maybe a little bit different backdrop or something. But uh, you can't. How come the phone's not ringing? Check the phone. Make sure it's ringing. We're, come on, think, everybody. Call in. We I got, think uh, Alex we, Riley we wanna, and Bishop Davidson have we sabotaged need to set the a record. phone line. I also think that they everybody's asleep. Bribed people because another one of their oh, callers may or may not have been Bishop's father. Oh, that so might they be. They cheated a, a lot. They cheated ethics, a lot. An ethics thing, right there. <laughs> not 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 casting any kind of you know suspicion on them, but I mean, you know, is it really? I mean, goodness gracious! Win if you can, lose if you must, but cheat every chance you have. <laughs> have you ever heard that? <laughs> Huh? Work smarter, not harder. There you that, go. There you go. There you go. So, so I'm I'm gonna be texting some people. Call in. Yeah. And let's help set As this record. Should. We need As we need twelve calls. Just call this number. You'll be surprised. Yeah. I mean, wait, tell I, let me put are. the number back out there again. This is KWT four one seven eight six six zero nine three three. That's the number here. Four one seven eight six six zero nine three three. You get that zero nine three three like zero nine ninety three point three FM. Yeah. Isn't that funny how that you worked? You almost That's created amazing. us a new jingle there. Ninety-three-three points. <laughs> FM. <laughs> oh, you're making me laugh this morning. You're not that. You're not that odd though for a twenty-seven-year-old lady. I'm not twenty-seven. Twenty-six. You've just aged you're not me a, by you don't three look years. A day over three years. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I thought you were the same age as my oldest daughter. I apologize. I am, but twenty-four. Twenty-four. Okay, I thought you were the same age as my oldest daughter. No. I apologize. Well, that doesn't make you weird that you like to read books and you like to educate yourself and you like to. It makes you good. Thank you. A good American. I try to be a. I try to be a little bit wiser than my generation, but I don't. It doesn't always work because I am, you know, I am but twenty four years old. Cass is the model. <gasps> I hey. hear a caller. Hey, we have a caller. All right, a, a caller. caller. Let me N- talk number one. Here we go. Who, who do we have on the line? Oh, he's a regular. We a re- love him. That's okay. A we'll take him. It's Emmett. Emmett. Good morning, Emmett. Good morning. Uh, I think uh, this morning you had a 
little question why Vivek Ramaswamy was uh, doing so well in the polls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Trump was a businessman. I think Vivek is a better businessman from everything that I hear. You know, fewer bankruptcies, et cetera. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Uh, so businessman, I think Republicans like, uh, on top of that, he's not got the baggage that Trump has got. Okay. Also true. Okay. He's, he's younger, you know, now I don't know if he's more, more vivacious or whatever, but you know, he's, uh, you know, he's young enough to have lots of energy. He's not low energy Jeb. You know, so I think that, uh, I think that there's, you know, he's, maybe he's inexperienced, but Trump wasn't experienced in government either. That's true. That's that's, that's 100% true. I I will have to do more reading on him. I have actually not done a whole lot of information, research on him. I'll have to do that. Uh, Something I saw over the weekend, and and give me your two cents worth in here, Um, you know, Trump being the front runner, and let's just, uh, let's just. For instance, say Trump wins and he has to pick a vice president. Someone threw that they could uh, they could see Vivek as his vice president. How do you think that would work? Two businessmen running on a president vice president ticket together. What do you think? Well, it suit me, you know. So I don't know how it suit everybody else, but it suit me. When you've got two strong businessmen working together, uh, do you think they could do that? Because I know that you're very strong personality uh, with uh, Donald Trump, and of course, I don't know Vivek that that well. Uh, what do you think? Well, um, and I don't know Vivek that well either, but he does seem milder. And you know, if you're in business, you haven't always been at the top. And so he he had to work with overlings, if you like, overseers mm-hmm, mm-hmm. on on his way up to a certain extent. And so you know, I think he probably has skills to work with uh, Trump and then move into the top spot if uh, you know, uh, and has the skills to move into the top slot when it's ready for him. Well, we would definitely have something, and yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna say something negative here, Brad. So apologize. Uh, right. right off the bat, we would definitely be set up in a better position than what we've got right now. Cause let's just say our, our, our president, uh, has to step aside or step down for some reason. We do not have an equally or better vice president ready to take the slot. And so if we did have a businessman in the vice president slot and the president did have to step down, we uh, we would be less likely to skip a beat. That's good. That's good thoughts. Uh, you know, hey, I tell you what. Anytime you can get someone who's who's good at business, who knows the X's and O's of, of uh, P and L's, and and uh, you know, planning for the future, and not this just continuous revenue coming in through taxing us to death. And they can turn this thing around. I, I know they can. I know that four years of Donald Trump was the best I've ever had in business. I know other people that feel the exact same way. Our country was going in the right direction, and now we're going in the wrong direction. I think it, it could be a great plan. But I know one thing. If you're going to be the running mate of Donald Trump, you better have thick skin because he doesn't hold anything back. All right, it's time for a break. You're listening to Bradley Jackson and Jamie Gregg. We're here on AM560 and 93.3 FM KWTO. Working the graveyard shift. We're coming off the graveyard shift. The sun is out. That's good. Good morning, Vietnam. 
Good morning, Vietnam! Hey, that was a great movie. Robin Williams did a fantastic job in that, based off a true story, even. But, uh, no, we're good morning, Springfield. Good morning, Springfield. Good morning, Springfield. This is Bradley Jackson with Jamie Gregg. We are hanging out here with Cass Bowen. Cass was asking me a question because I was talking a little bit about a minute ago about the potential strike of the Teamsters Union and the kind of the history of, of unions and, and their relationship with the political parties and stuff. And uh, she, she asked a couple of interesting questions um, about why maybe Republicans don't necessarily uh, jive well with unions. And, and, and unions have been typically uh, Democratic. So I, I, w- I spent years in the union. I was actually a union steward uh, for, for the company I worked for, and I helped negotiate the contract. And it was always tough for me because, especially back then, the Teamsters Union was highly uh, involved in a lot of Democrat activities. And I have been a Republican since the day I was born. And I used to catch a lot of flack because I was a proud teamster. I, 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 I worked hard for the company that I, and, and Missouri is a, is a, uh, is a, a, a state in which we have closed shops, you know. So if you go to work for a company and they're a union, you have to join the union. Mm-hmm. There's no choice, right? And, um, so I had my, my teamster decal on the back of my pickup truck and I had my, you know, vote for John Pierpont, uh, for Green County Sheriff on the back of my truck because my father worked for the sheriff's office mm-hmm. and Pierpont was a longstanding, um, Republican sheriff here in Green County. And, uh, I used to catch a lot of flack from, from teamster saying, what are you doing promoting a Republican candidate? Aren't you a proud teamster? Well, yeah, I'm a proud teamster, but I'm also a Republican, you know. Uh, I believe in, in our, our, our method here. Um, but I don't support the Democrat party and, and really anything at all. I, they just don't line up with me ideologically. But I think right now, when I look at the union, I have a lot of my friends that are in different unions, the International uh, Brotherhood of Electrical Workers or the Teamsters Union. The Democrat party doesn't support the union workers like they used to. And, and I think the, the values of the people I know align with the Republican party. Uh, I think the Republican Party supports the working class people more than the Democrat Party is supporting working class people. So I see yeah. there's kind of a a change on the way uh, with regards to labor unions and their political affiliation. Well, also, they're just from from the research I've been doing and from asking people that are more experienced and wiser than me to explain all of this. It seems to me that unions just aren't quite as necessary as they used to be because now we have a lot of legislation protecting workers' rights that we didn't have when the unions were formed in the first place. And so the like the reason unions existed um, originally were to get people out of oppressive industries that were taking advantage of them and putting them into basically indentured servitude, like in the coal mines and such, and they put people back to work after the war back in the 40s and 50s that was great but the problem is is you know now there are there are legal ramifications for companies and employers who take advantage of workers right right? true and there are things that you know they you know a lot of employers have to offer health care they have to offer all these things apart from the unions but then now you have these unions that you a lot of industries you have to be part of and you don't get a say and where your union dues go to in terms of what are what political candidates they're supporting, what, you know, party they're supporting. And so you could have an electrician 
who doesn't believe at all in abortion, yet they have to pay union dues to a union that's then going to funnel those dollars to support candidates and to support a political party that supports abortion or, you know, really anything. And it's just this new type of indentured servitude to a union that you don't have a choice to not be a part of. Yeah. It's a very unique thing. You know, I mean, these closed shops, um, you know, uh, are a little bit difficult because you, you know, you go over to Kansas and Kansas is a, uh, is a right to work state. Yeah. So you, if there's a union shop, you can join the union or you can not join the union. Mm-hmm. And, and I, that doesn't make any sense to me, you know, as, uh, um, as what I've been involved in, you know, in the state of Missouri being part of the union. And, and they did, they served a great purpose back in the day. But I think where, where, where it kind of crosses the line to me is when the, the um, collective bargaining unit has more power than the company that is invested all the money and paying all the bills and, and creating the organization, there, there becomes a, a, an unlevel playing field. I think a great company shouldn't ever have to worry about their employees uh, entering into an, a collective bargaining agreement with them because they're going to treat them well from the get-go. You know, uh, They're going to give them good pay for a good day's work. They're going to give them benefits. Um and they should never have to worry about a union starting, you know. And um, but that's not always the case, you know. I look at I look at things maybe a little bit differently now as a as a business owner myself. I would I would hate for my staff to unionize. to to feel like they needed to unionize and um, it's and the then Starbucks make way. and then make those demands, you know. Um, because the, the employer is taking all of the risk, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, and believe me, I, I don't want anyone that's out there listening that's part of a, a, a union to think I'm against them and, and, and their hardworking ways in being part of a union. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, but there has to be a level playing field in which, you know, the employer treats his employees with great deal of respect and, and pays them for what they're worth. At the same time, I've also been around some union shops where, the the employees took advantage of their status mm-hmm. uh, as a union and and wouldn't necessarily put in a, a a good day's work for a good day's wage. They 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 took advantage of their situation. So uh, ultimately, I just think everybody ought to be able to get up and go to work, uh, give everything they got for the company that's paying their bills. I mean that's the that's the mentality I always had as a kid growing up. Um, you know, I went to work as a kid washing dishes for a company and. And uh, they they said, "Don't you want to know what the starting wage is?" I said, "As long as you promise to pay me what I'm worth, I don't care what you what you're paying me. Just pay me what I'm there worth, you, you know. And uh, and I'm gonna I'm gonna make you successful in one way, shape, or form. I'm gonna do the best possible job. But not everybody has that mentality, correct? You know, not everybody has that mentality. All right, we're up against the break right now. You're listening to Bradley Jackson, Jamie Ray Gregg, filling in for the Tim Jones, former Speaker of the House, on AM five sixty ninety three point three FM KWTO.